Benedict XVI has published his apostolic letter called Porta Fidei, or Door of Faith in English. This document officially calls for the Year of the Faith. Thank you for joining us. This is our second episode of Porta Fidei for the Year of Faith. We are taking the call of the Holy Father in his apostolic letter, Porta Fidei, and studying the Catechism. We're celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I am Valerie Soup, Associate Director of Young Adult Ministry. And I'm Father Jeff Kerr with the Vicar of Vocations for the Diocese of Charleston. Last time, we were looking at paragraph number 27 in the Catechism, talking about the desire for God. And on this episode, we're going to be looking at paragraph 29. Father, would you mind reading that for us? Number 29 reads, But this intimate and vital bond of man to God can be forgotten, overlooked, or even explicitly rejected by man. Such attitudes can have different causes, revolt against evil in the world, religious ignorance or indifference, the cares and riches of the world, the scandal of bad example on the part of believers, currents of thought hostile to religion, Finally, that attitude of sinful man, which makes him hide from God out of fear and flee his call. That's number 29, Valerie. And you know, I'm very interested. Of course, the church gives us many reasons for the cause of, of atheism, really, which is what number 29 of the catechism is principally about. And Val, I was curious if you could perhaps comment in your own life and, and ministry with young adults that first cause it, you know, the revolt against evil in the world. I thought that was very interesting that the church would mention that. Thoughts? Mm-hmm. When I read that, of course, it just draws to mind that age-old question that I think humans have probably been struggling with. Why is there evil in the world and why does God seem to let bad things happen to good people? I can think in my own life, family member, I had a family member who recently died unexpectedly. And I think when you are faced with something like that, it's hard to understand why does something like that happen? I know a, a family who they've had two children die and a husband die. And I think there is evil in the world and there is real tragedy that people have to cope with and make sense of. And unfortunately, I think some people cannot fathom how a good and all-powerful God could allow such evil and such suffering to occur. On the one hand, I'm very sympathetic to that because I think people do undergo real tragedies. In our young adult community, we had Recently, a young adult undergo a a personal tragedy. A family member of his was actually the victim of a homicide. And I was so impressed by how he handled it. And instead of turning away, he allowed that experience to draw him deeper in his faith and draw closer to God than even praying for the perpetrator. When a tragedy happens, it seems like some people can draw closer to God, but unfortunately others seem to reject the idea of God because the tragedy or the evil that they encounter seems to contradict the goodness of God. Yes, yes, very much. We see this revolt against evil that the church says is a first reason for atheism, but then it goes on and it says religious ignorance or indifference. I'm wondering, Father, in your priestly ministry, what have you seen of just indifference, ignorance? Well, I think certainly those are two big ones. And, and I'm just very impressed with the catechism of the Catholic Church on, on many levels, but in particular just 
how practical it is. If someone were to say to the average person, explain to me why people do not believe in God, I think the Catechism actually gives us some really good, relevant reasons that we would probably hear on the streets from people. In particular, this one is, well, first of all, people just don't know, or they don't care, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And of course, this is the, the basis of this the secularism that we see in our world today. And, and you know, so oftentimes people say, oh, you know, secularism, that's that's just one of those big words that the Catholic Church likes to throw around every once in a while and, and so on. But, but wait a minute. Now, uh, secularism is, is very serious because what it claims is that the only narrative, the only story of my life is one I give myself. Mm. And God or religion or transcendence has nothing to contribute. You know, I, I am who I am. And that's just the way it's going to be tough if you don't like it. You know? And that kind of indifference and, and, and really that ignorance of what the gospel can give to our lives, the change that grace can bring about, you know, the conversion, the reality of the bad news and the powerful reality of the good news. And oftentimes, again, people just don't know or are not interested. I think that indifference is, is a big one, not just among secularites, among us who have no care or concern for religion, but I want to apply that also to the indifference of those secularites who are sitting in pews on Sunday. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we forget that just because we're there in our body does not mean that our heart and our souls are, are where they need to be. You know, our minds are where they should be. I wonder how many people in the pews on Sunday, perhaps many of our listeners, perhaps even us at times, where we can sit in the pews and, and attend Mass or other things within our life as, as Catholics, and, and our hearts and minds are, are secular. Really, I can live a perfectly good life without God. Mm-hmm. I just choose to have Him as a part of my life. And, and, of course, that also would be another definition of secularism, that, well, I can live a perfectly good life without God, but he's a nice hobby or a nice psychological consolation or a cherished heirloom or something, you know. So, But we hear from this number 29 of the, of the Catechism of the Catholic Church this, again, assertion of this religious indifference and ignorance. The Catechism goes on, however, Valerie, to say also that many people do not believe in God because of the cares and riches of this world. Uh-oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> watch out Madison Avenue, huh? The cares and the riches of this world. Thoughts on that? Yes, Father. I have definitely seen that with friends, with young adults that I've encountered in my ministry. I have a, a really good friend who who grew up Catholic, goes to Mass when he can, but admittedly, as he graduated college and was getting into the business world, he wanted to make a lot of money. And that's what his goal in life was, was I want to make a lot of money. I want to be successful. He's smart. He was good at it. And he actually was working for one of our major world banks and worked his way up to where he was the youngest vice president of his branch in the bank. It was interesting because when I was talking with him, at one point he kind of just broke down, and he's miserable. He's Mm. not happy. It took a while for him to make that realization, and now he is slowly starting to go back to Mass more regularly and kind of having this search of what's really going to give me the fulfillment I'm looking for Luckily, he made that realization, but unfortunately, I see many others who are just consumed with making money or just consumed with the material things, thinking, oh, the you know the new iPhone came out, I got to get it, or the new mini iPad. But, <laughs> you know, they, it's all about having these new gadgets. The catechism categorizes them as cares for the world that 
We're so occupied with the cares of this world that we don't even give religion a thought, that they become so distracting. And that is what we're working for, is just to get another car or to get a bigger house. And no thought is even given to God. But I think what's really sad is that I think most of those people in that pursuit are not happy. Certainly, and I think as well that you know, all of our listeners who might be saying, you know, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm working hard. I have to take care of my family. I have a job. I have car payments. I have a house payment. I have this. I have that. And, and, and certainly we're not saying that the cares of this world are insignificant or unimportant. Certainly we should be taking care of family and, and responsibilities and so on. But just when that care and that attention eclipses God, as you were describing, mm-hmm. Valerie, where God just doesn't have a role in, in right. our lives because of these cares and concerns. Where does your priority lie? Exactly, Valerie. And we need to remind ourselves, as, as the Lord constantly says, you know, do not worry about tomorrow and, and these type of things, that, that God will take care of us. There is an act of faith. And of course, during this year of faith is, is a mm. great reminder to us. There is this act of faith that God will order all things and he will take care of us. He will provide us with what we need. Maybe not what we want sometimes, <laughs> but he will definitely give us what we need. And of course, we traditionally call this divine providence, God's fatherly care of his children. God will take care of us. Mm, Yes, Father. If you're just tuning in, we do want to remind you that this is Valerie Soup. And Father Jeff Kirby. And you're joining us for our second episode of Porta Fidei. Going on, as we're looking at paragraph 29 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church and looking at the reasons for atheism, another reason that it gives is the scandal of bad example on the part of believers. Oh, I'll tell you, Valerie, I hear that one even as you read it and both as a Christian and, and of course, as a priest, as, you know, shepherd of Christian community, man, does that one just sting, you know, because, uh, of course, in our own discipleship, we can see times where it's like, oh, my gosh, I really just say that or I do that. And in our own lives and family life and our neighborhoods and, and just in, in general, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I heard this great story the other day. And I thought, OK, that just kind of hammers at home where this woman was at this red light and this cop pulls up behind her and, and she had just hit this yellow light and it just turned red and she was there and she was upset and she's honking and, and screaming and she's doing all type of stuff and the police officer gets out of his car, goes up and tells her to get out of her vehicle. You know, of course she thought it was, you know, just because she was being so loud and so on, you know. Well, he arrests her on the spot, takes her to the police station. She has no idea what's going on, you know. And of course after being in the station for a while and, and being booked and, and so on, you know, Finally, the police officer comes and gets her, takes her out of her cell and says, you know, I'm very sorry, I apologize. She goes, what was it, mistaken identity or something? And he says, well, I guess. He said, you know, I pulled up behind your vehicle and I saw your car. It said, you know, follow me to the church. I love Jesus and so on. And then I saw the way you were acting and screaming and the profanity. I just assumed someone had stolen the vehicle, you know. So, I mean, (laughs) Wow. And we all found ourselves in that situation as Mm. Christian believers. But on a serious note, we do have to realize that as Christians, when we go out and we say, I am a Christian, you know, the word means little Christ. Mm-hmm. Then we say, I'm a Christian. People watch. What does that person have that I don't have? Why should I follow this Jesus Christ, especially with some of the moral demands, people think, of the Christian faith? Why should I do that? What or how is this going to make my life any better? So as Christian believers, as we go about our task, we have to be very important because that bad example definitely can be a cause of someone saying, not interested, not interested in the gospel, not interested in belief in God. 
Yourself, Valerie, thoughts? Yes, Father. Well, I think it's interesting. I actually just last night, um, a group of us young adults were praying outside of our um, women's clinic where they perform abortions in Charleston. And a young adult approached us and wanted to talk to us and hear our side and what we had to say about the issue. Um, But we started getting into discussion about all these things. But it came to him asking us questions about the scandal of bad example, asking us about different things in in church history were corrupt popes or he was questioning us about the crusade and the Spanish Inquisition, all those classic things. But then even most recently, he was questioning the sex abuse scandal and how the bishops and even the pope handled things. You could tell that what really bothered him was what he perceived to be bad example. Sometimes he didn't always have the facts right, but there was a very, I had to say, you know, you're right in that there have been times where People who call themselves Christians or Catholics have have not acted as Christians. So I think that's definitely a call to each one of us to pay attention to how we live. If you're just tuning in, we do want to remind you that this is Valerie Soup. And Father Jeff Kirby. And you're joining us for our second episode of Porta Fidei. Absolutely. And, you know, as we're reviewing number 29 here in the Catechism of the Catholic Church and just all the proofs or evidences that the church gives and says, hey, you know, these are possible causes for many people to not believe in God, to turn away from, from the gospel. And, and of course, we're speaking about bad examples. And But the church goes on and tells us that also that some people may not believe in God because of currents of thought hostile to religion. Again, I'm just so impressed with the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Our listeners, if they have not had a chance, I encourage you to take a look at the Catechism. It is so rich and so insightful. But, but Valley, is this maybe some alarmists on the part of the church. I mean, kind of interesting. The church would say there are currents of thought hostile to religion. I mean, what do you think? I think perhaps a few years ago, I would have maybe said, oh, maybe this is alarmist, just in thinking of our context here in the United States. But Father, I have to be honest, I think seeing some of the things that have happened and seeing the types of thought that I see even among friends of mine who aren't Christians, I think I think the church is right on. I think there are currents of thought hostile religion that are becoming even more hostile as time goes on. I think, as you said, this secularism, um, we can talk about relativism, this huge current of thought relativism. I think even our Holy Father, Pope Benedict XVI, talked about the dictatorship of relativism that we see today, that whole idea that there is no absolute truth. I can have my own truth. You can have your own truth. You know, as long as what I believe doesn't hurt you, then we're good. I'm okay. You're okay. That whole train of thought. At first glance, it can seem attractive. And I know some people who I think are very much fueled by compassion and espousing that line of thought. But if you follow that, then there is no real truth. There's no grounds for morality. And then I think combined with relativism, we're seeing this extreme individualism and people being so focused on the individual and so much wanting to have their own autonomy and to decide how they're going to live their life. And it's all about what they think is freedom. They want freedom in the sense of being free to do whatever they want. But we see that if you follow that line of thought, then it just totally takes away all meaning and even, I think, at the extreme, leads to nihilism. Well, that relativism, which, you know, of course, is born from from secularism, Valerie, it's the meaning, purpose, value, gone. Mm. Gone. It only has meaning if I give it meaning. 
And then what we eventually find is really a battle of the wills. Mm. Because the meaning I give to something and the meaning you give to something are now in conflict. So how are we going to resolve it? Well, we're going to fight. Right. And so you can see how born from that really is a hostility to religion because how dare the Pope or this Christian believer in front of me, how dare they claim that this is the way it is or that's the way it is. I didn't say that. I didn't determine that. And so we see, of course, ultimately this nihilism. Well, you know what? Nothing matters. Who cares? And that certainly is born from this secularism, this relativism. And eventually what we have is someone saying, no, thank you, God, you know. Mm. What I like is the end of, of number 29. So if you have that, maybe you can read that last part. I think our listeners really enjoy that. Yes. So it says, again, giving these reasons for atheism, it says, Finally, that attitude of sinful man, which makes him hide from God out of fear and flee his call. Wow. Hmm. Wow. And that really does summarize that whole litany that we've been given by the church in number 29, the catechism of the Catholic Church, and what we've been discussing in our show today and that that inclination of sinful man to mm. flee, to hide, and just completely say this call. And I think it's great because, of course, that call there is, is not a call to a particular vocation. I think that call there is, is a call to be a child of God, yes. to holiness. You know, mm. I just think that that's powerful. I, I've oftentimes, in dealing with atheists or people who just are completely indifferent maybe to religious belief, I'm always reminded of, uh, I'm a big fan of Southern literature. One of our Southern Catholic novelists, uh, Walker Percy, wrote this. Uh, wrote several great novels. And Doctor Percy was a trained psychiatrist, and his father committed suicide due to depression. And Doctor Percy struggled with depression his whole life. In fact, he never actually practiced psychiatry. He was able financially not to work, and instead he said he studied psychiatry in order to treat himself. But mm. at the end of his life, he thought that reporters had never asked the right questions. He wrote his own interview for himself, you know. And uh, in this interview, he asks himself that he's a trained psychiatrist, a doctor, a scientist, and so on. Like, does he believe in the claims of the Judeo-Christian tradition, you know? And it's the same question we can ask our world today. Do you believe in the claims of the Judeo-Christian tradition? And he says, yes. And then he's challenged by this counter-question of, well, why? You're... You should be a scientific humanism, a secular humanist, you know, like, uh, come on, do you really believe in all this stuff, you know? And Dr. Percy says, yes. And then he says, why? And he responds, because secular humanism isn't good enough. It doesn't explain why I love my wife, why I want my children to care about me. Secular humanism doesn't explain love or faith or hope or gratitude, or sacrifice. All the things that are most intimately human. And I think many of our listeners, gosh, doesn't that just hit to the core? Like, this secularism, it's not good enough for the human person. What do you think, Valerie? I just asked a guy the other day who was definitely a secular, I think he was maybe would acknowledge God, but borderline atheist. And I said, how do you explain love? And he tried to give me an an explanation using evolution and that it would be evolutionarily beneficial for, for example, for a mother to love her offspring. But wow. I've got to, <laughs> but I've got to believe that he didn't say that with a lot of conviction. And I think deep down, people know, you know, that that's not good enough. That answer isn't good enough. Looking back when it says 
fleeing God out of fear, fleeing his call. The catechism, so beautifully, I think how it ends that with the idea of fear, because I think fear is just that root of all sin, that fear that God doesn't love me mm. and how sad it is. And we can even see just the the father of lies. I think that's mm. the biggest lie that he puts out there is that God is to be feared when God Absolutely. is the only one who loves us perfectly. Absolutely. You can see born from that fear of, well, I can't let go. I can't let God control my life. I can't let his law determine or, or fashion or condition my life. Because what if God messes up? What mm-hmm. if God doesn't come through? What if it's all falls apart? What you know? And this fear, as you were saying, there's that echo in our own hearts of Blessed John Paul II. You know, mm-hmm. his rallying cry throughout his pontificate: "Be not afraid." Yes. Be not afraid. You know. And of course, Pope Benedict continues that everything we give to Jesus, He gives back one hundred percent. Like we can trust Him. In our show today, we've been discussing number 29 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And just to read again, because it's so rich and, and so helpful to us, number 29 of the Catechism reads, But this intimate and vital bond of man to God can be forgotten, overlooked, or even explicitly rejected by man. Such attitudes can have different causes, revolt against evil in the world, religious ignorance or indifference, the cares and riches of this world, the scandal of bad example on the part of believers, currents hostile to religion. Finally, that attitude of sinful man, which makes him hide from God out of fear and flee his call. This is number 29 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And again, what I find most helpful from this number is, first of all, such an expression of the church's wisdom and connection with humanity as the church gives us the causes of atheism in our society and such insightful and and helpful ones. You can see that this just this engagement of the church and what I find in each of these is just a conviction, one after the other, after the other, of who are we living for? What are we living for? I think it's a challenge, ultimately, to secularism. Are we going to live just for ourselves? And wow, what a lonely way to live. Are we going to the surrender, fight that fear, surrender everything to God? Those are some Personal closing thoughts on number 29 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I do encourage our listeners, get a copy of the Catechism. You will not be disappointed. Hi, I'm Valerie Soup. And Father Jeff Kirby. And you have been listening to the second episode of Porta Fide. We have been talking about paragraph 29. Please tune in next week, and we will be covering paragraphs 31 to 35, talking about the ways that we can know God. Father, would you give us a closing prayer? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for... The many blessings which you bestow upon us in this life, we especially thank you for the gift of your Son. We thank you for the teachings of your Word, which are truly a lamp to our feet and a guide to our hearts. We ask you, Father, to pour your Spirit into our hearts, help us to know what you desire, and to do it with great boldness and joy. And we ask this to Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Jeff Kirby. You can reach me at charlestonvocations.com as well as on Facebook, also Charleston Vocations. Hope you visit our website or visit us on Facebook. Thanks. And this is Valerie Soup. You can reach me at the website catholicyoungadultsofsc.com. That's catholicyoungadultsofsc for South Carolina.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter.